This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the 1912 Exiles, the Newport County podcast that is made by the fans, for the fans, the original Newport County fans podcast. I am Ed and we are bracing ourselves for the first episode of the new era for Newport County under Graham Coughlin as manager. Later on in the pod, we will hear from Kaz at the Gascast Bristol Rovers uh, podcast, who will be telling us a little bit about what we can expect from the new manager based on his time at the Memorial Ground. But first, uh, Jack and I were sat next to each other in the back row of the Hazel Stand this afternoon for the first game of the new manager's tenure, and this is what we made of it. Here we are then, back row of the Hazel Stand for the first game of the the new era now is it is it the Coughlin era the Coughlin era Jack is with me you're going to put me right on pronunciation what are we going with what's the, what's the house style apparently apparently talking to fans of uh, Bristol Rovers his nickname was Coco Coco so it could be the start of the Coco era <laughs> uh, teams have been announced looks like we're lining up 5-3-2 he's gone with Mariah Welsh and Waite in centre mid so that suggests he wants to maintain that idea of high tempo, high energy midfield, but hopefully combined with a bit more organisation in defence. That seems to be the word. Is that what you're expecting, Jack? Well, I'm certainly expecting him to be more defensive. That's his specialty. He's a Plymouth Argyle legend, by all accounts. And that, if you ask Plymouth fans, they're best at starting 11. He always features as one of their best centre-backs, which is saying something. So if we went out to sign the manager to shore up the defence, this is the guy. So that's what I'm expecting then. A, a very, very, very defensive... Uh, I don't want to start saying hoofball, but uh, it's what we need. Let's just say it's a tonic is what we need. Pragmatism. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, there'd be, everyone's been talking about who they would have wanted and, and so on. But I think if you'd said to us a couple of weeks ago, we'll bring in a manager who's got lots of experience in managing at this level he's had some success not 
not complete success. He's, he's struggling in places as well, but he's had some success. He's got experience, and he's renowned for sorting out uh, dodgy defences. I think we probably would be content with that, shouldn't we? And now he's here, we've just got to get behind him. Yeah, the season starts the day for me. Yeah. Uh, total blank slate. I'm not even thinking, you know, it's, come on, it's mid-October. It, we're not that far into the season. We've got to the way in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the season starts today. New way of playing, maybe. A new manager, definitely. And hopefully a turnaround in, in fortunes. I've had a time to think about what kind of squad we've got. We've got a good squad. You just need a, a good motivator. And if you have a look at the long list of applicants that may or may not have got it, he is definitely one of the more motivating. You know, he's the type of guy to look at you wouldn't want to cross, at least. So, uh, yeah, let's head on to the Coco era. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think the, the consensus in most parts is that this isn't a bad squad. It's certainly not a relegation squad. It just needs to have a bit of order and a bit of shape to it. So... I mean, let's see how we get on. Uh, in terms of Colchester this afternoon, they've got our old friend Frank Nublé uh, on the bench. I was always a big Nublé apologist. I thought he was a great uh, player, but he, uh, he he made some enemies amongst the county fan base. Uh, but I, I think, uh, yeah, if he comes on, be interesting to see how he does. But, I mean, I suppose the other thing is, Colchester obviously struggling, nice home game. This is a chance to get three points before we've got much harder ties at uh, Mansfield and Northampton coming up where... Yeah, those will be much more uh, bigger, bigger tests of our abilities. So, yeah, getting a win today is a kind of not a must, but uh, you know, getting a win today means we can go to those games with a bit of confidence. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. It's a different style of football when you're playing desperate teams. Yeah. And for the last two fixtures, we have played desperate teams. They know they're in the bottom. They know they're in trouble. And Colchester may not be different today, so it's not. I'm not expecting anything exciting. Just for us to hold our own in some effort, because let's be honest, the la- for me watching the last two uh, last two games, it just wasn't there. So, what's your prediction then, Jack? <laughs> um, I feel like Ian's mate, and I'm just hoping for a nil-nil. Um, <laughs> I, th- I was thinking nil-nil as I walked over the footbridge. I thought, oh, it's going to be one where we'll we'll showcase our our new defensive grit. But we 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 get a goal, so yeah, nil nil feels possible. Uh, younger child, what are you saying? Two one to county. Um, yeah. Who's going to score? James Wade and Omar Bowman. All right. Well, there we go. Not many Colchester fans seem to have made the trip. It's a it's a long old way, and they're probably not particularly enthusiastic about travelling to follow their team at the moment. So yeah, not a big crowd in the away end. The, the home bits starting to fill up hoping we'll get a, a big crowd for the start of the Coco era there we go minutes in 1-0 look 
lovely bit of work down uh, the left wing, I think, by Adam Lewis, who looked bright in those first few minutes. Sweet cross in. And, uh, yeah, everyone's, everyone's favourite milker, uh, Will Evans. Perfect header, pass the keeper, 1-0 up. Doing the basics, aren't we? Boys, calm, steady, the basics. And I've been rushed about this, the, the start of the play as well from Joe Day, which is nice and impressive because the theme of the last two games has been the goalkeeper distribution. It's on point, but it's only about five minutes in, so uh, not holding my breath just yet. Yeah, early days, clearly a big battle going on between uh, uh, Akindi and uh, Priestley Ferguson, so that's, the, that's one to watch. But yeah, Lewis has shown a lot of attacking intent, and uh, yeah, it's nice to take an early lead. Well then, half time, 1-0, quite liking this new era so far, uh, well taken goal, we've looked workmanlike, professional, we were just saying we're, we're not long ball but we are kind of quite focused and direct, there's not been any passing it along the back line like we used to see from Robry for ages without any end product, it's been much more purposeful. Yeah, it's, that's, so that for me is a signal rather than not the new manager bounce that you normally get when this sort of thing happens. Sounds like, looks like rather, that's a Cochrane way. Uh, let's say we weren't warned but a bit more direct. That would be doing us a bit of a disservice because I think the play has been nice and bright. Um, I think players are taking their opportunity to show the new gaffer what they especially especially when you look at what Wade has done in the first half. I know he's a busy body anyway, but he seems to be especially uh, busy body in himself across the pitch. And, and the one thing that we're lacking that I've noticed in the first half is that whenever we have any modicum of hold at play, there's no second ball, there's no yeah. outlet. The only one that is the outlet is Wade. So good on him. Yeah. He's making an impression because Wilmot isn't playing today to be that sort of uh, link between back and forward. Not that we need it because, like you said... Um, Clearly, the goalkeeper's instruction is to, I wouldn't say hoof it, but just not muck about yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. old Kemp Brockman Simpsons routine <laughs> of, as you holds said, it, holds, holds it, holds it. <laughs> um, I mean, I suppose there's pressure a bit on weight. You know, he was very much Robry's guy, uh, and he's now got to make his case to, uh, to someone who perhaps isn't as uh, attached to him. So I guess, yeah, he, he's, his energy is in some ways to be expected. Now, um, you were watching... Coughlin on the touchline quite closely and how he was interacting with the players so what what were your judgment it seemed to me he was quite animated but he wasn't barracking forth officials he was talking to the players quite a lot <laughs> he's focusing on the right things I've noticed he's got uh, a stopwatch so maybe that's a new merchandising opportunity <laughs> for us it's Coco's stopwatch uh, and, and that's probably about the only time I saw him have a bit of a belligerent shout at the, the fourth official except for a very dubious decision by the referee to, to, to cancel out a, a penalty claim which looked mm. nailed on after a mistake on their behalf and it sort of boggled him on the floor and Will Evans sort of pushed to the floor I don't know but from, no. from here I thought it looked like a very very good shout and the players seemed incensed that it wasn't given I mean I want to see the replay of it obviously but I, I thought we were denied a, a very good call there and if you can't be animated about that then what can you be animated but yeah he seems to be well he hasn't wasted any time in, in it's not a bollocking but he's been very forward with his players and um, it's, a, it's a little bit refreshing to see it so let's see what he can do at half time do they need to talk to him no they don't they do, they're playing quite well but 
the one caveat we do need to have in all of this is Colchester look terrible. <laughs> oh. They are a very poor team. Well, uh, they they've set up. They've set up. I wouldn't say defensively, but they've only got one striker. It seems that they they're happy just to. And uh, okay, they're playing cuter stuff than being able to say just lump it. Um, but it's just it's layoffs and and capitalising on mistakes that they're hoping for, and, and we haven't given it to them yet. There've been a few worrying sprouts, admittedly, but um, that seems to be all they have. Um, yeah, they, they seem to be using Akindi much in the way we used Julian Allsop back in the day. You know, they've got a, a not very mobile but very strong centre forward, and then the rest of the players are just hoping for knockdowns and layoffs. But at least Julian Allsop would dress up as Spitty the Dog to start with whenever he got a suspension and join us in the stands. I'm not sure uh, Kindy's uh, up for that. I've, I've lost him, listeners. He's off on a, on a nostalgia <laughs> trip now. Right, we're going to open the hot chocolate and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back for more in the second half. The Coco era is off to a good start with a win. Not a lot to get the blood pumping about in that second half, Jack. No, but it means a lot, doesn't it, if you think uh, it's just the start of the season for me, man. Mentally, it's the start of the season. Playing ugly from the 76th minute, but like we discussed during the second half, pragmatism to know when you need to do that. That's exactly what we did. It was a, a change to a 5 3 2 formation halfway through at the first substitution, and it just worked. No one forced errors is what I took away from that game. Though people knew their job, they did their jobs, and didn't feel the pressure to, let's say, fulfil a stat that would make them look a bit better after the game. Yeah, I mean, the subs we brought on, I thought, did their job of kind of killing the game off. Um, yeah, we we took away a bit of creativity. You know, Lewis and Wade going off, but players like Wilde coming on. Yeah, we saw the game out, a bit of experience with Wilmot, who I thought did well. Yeah, all the kind of taking it up into the corners and stuff at the end, a bit negative. But yeah, today it was about getting the three points and uh, yeah. Yeah, done the job and uh, on to some sterner tests now with Mansfield and Northampton. Yeah, let's see how, uh, let's see how the Coco era continues. There's enough shoots of confident play, confident play. And like I said, the, the most stark thing for me is absolutely zero mistakes. They didn't put, okay, it's only a 1-0 victory, but we wrong tonight, very few. We did the right things at the right time and we played smart. And it's a good start now. Let's kick on. Let's do it. Yeah, we're off for a righteous point and uh, yeah, see you at the next one. So yes, an awful lot of positives to take out of the game this afternoon. Um, walking away from the ground and reflecting on it since then, I suppose the thing that I'm most encouraged by is that some of the younger players or less experienced players, the likes of Adam Lewis, Will Evans, um, James Waite, Priestley, Farquharson, showed for the whole of the time they're on the pitch today that they can um, consistently perform extremely well and look like real assets at this level. 
Um, whereas in the past, maybe we've seen glimpses of what they can do. And I suppose that's the challenge for the new manager is can he get those players to be consistent? Um, and if he can, there's no reason why we can't potentially climb the table. Um, although the next couple of games are, as we said in the pod uh, recording just now, going to be stern tests for us. But what else can we expect over the coming weeks and months under Graham Coughlin? Well, we uh, make contact with the Gascast podcast, our Bristol Rovers counterparts, um, to ask if they could share any thoughts uh, based on Graham Coughlin's time in charge of Bristol Rovers. And we're very pleased to have uh, a contribution from uh, Kaz at that podcast uh, who sent this through to us. So let's pitch straight to the clip. So Graham Coughlin's an interesting one. Um, he came in, um, he was an internal appointment, so it was a bit of a, a cheap one for us. Um, we didn't want to splash out and find someone who has actual managerial experience. So we went for our defensive coach, um, which kind of says a lot about him as a manager because he was a centre-back in his playing days um, and then went on to be a defensive coach. And then from there, he had his first gig as a manager under Bristol Rovers. So zero experience but actually for us he did all right um he actually got us to the highest position i've ever seen bristol rovers in my lifetime of supporting the gas so he got us up to fourth um and that was at ipswich away which was uh, a game that none of us expected to get a result out of and we actually won that 2-1 so um spirits were high and then he just left so it was a strange one um said he wanted to go closer to home I don't know what the, you know, the whole internal problems were within the club. Maybe there was more to it, but it was a very strange one for Gasheads. A lot of us confused, but some of us not so bothered about it because his his games were a lot a lot of winning ugly. You know, you would never see liquid football under Graham Coughlin. It was a lot of hoofball up to JCH, score a goal, and then backs against the wall try and hold on to the lead for the rest of the game so I'm I particularly remember Rochdale away um we went 2-0 up and then it was just save after save after save from Anthony Okola um clinging on for dear life to try and win that game I think Rochdale pulled one back eventually so it's 2-1 and then from then on it was just my heart was in my mouth just trying to hold on to that league and I found that, that was a, a game that that really summed up Graham Coughlin as a manager because um it was a lot of defend, 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 um, hoof it up, hope that someone like JCH will score a goal. JCH, Kraken signing as well, by the way, but also a signing that was a gamble um, because looking at his record, he didn't have a great one before he came to us. So people were a bit unsure of him as as being our main striker, but um, it worked out so well for JCH at Rovers. Him and Coughlin worked really well together. Um, and he scored a lot of goals for us and and ultimately was the reason for why we got so high up in that league. Um, but yeah, I don't know what happened at Mansfield and I can't comment on that. But I would assume that the hoofball tactics of Graham Copeland didn't work out so well there. Um, but yeah, maybe he's learned his lesson. So we'll just see how he gets on at Newport. Thank you for that, Kaz. And for anyone wondering, uh, JCH refers to Johnson Clark Harris, uh, former Bristol Rovers striker. Every day is a school day on the 9012XRs podcast. Um, interesting to hear what Kaz had to say. And on the evidence of today's game, and it's only one match, I would say that the style we saw under Graham Copeland wasn't uh, hoofball. It was more direct, perhaps more purposeful 
than we have seen over the last few months under James Robery. But um, hopefully we aren't moving towards hoofball. I know certainly if that does happen, then Ian and others will be railing against it. So uh, it's doubtless something we will explore in much further detail in future pods. But for now, um, I just want to say thank you very much, as always, for listening. Do get in touch if you have any feedback or questions. But until next time, as always, keep it counting. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.